0: the rise of false messiahs, or who was Jim Jones. There is a great deal of interest today about prophecy, yet even though the interest is high, I see a lot of misunderstanding. And when it comes to the subject that is before us today, I know there's a lot of confusion. So I have come as a pastor today to try to help you Philip's translation of this passage in Matthew 24 says this If anyone says to you, then, look, here is Christ, or there he is, don't believe it. False Christs and false prophets are going to appear and will produce great signs and wonders to mislead, if it were possible, even God's own people. I want to underscore that last statement. If possible, these false Christs and false messiahs would mislead even God's own people. So this is a message for the church. This is a message for today and right here and right now because one of the satanic ploys in the end time is to deceive and to mislead even God's very own The Oregon commune of Bajwan Sri Rajneesh grew to 5,000 persons. We've all read about it, we've seen it on television and now it has ended. We were amazed that this group could uh, create an entire city. The young and the wealthy came to Oregon the spiritually empty of America flocked there for sexual freedom and enjoyment of riches. What were some of the characteristics? One is the dress, Nish's favorite sunrise colors everywhere. Necklaces bearing his picture around their necks. Their greeting was the charismatic greeting, loving hugs. That was prominent and common in the commune, loving hugs. The finance, well, they gave all their money to the leader, all of it. And as I could observe, it was willingly. The response to Rajneesh, when he would drive by in one of his 90 Rolls Royces, they would line the road singing, clapping, cheering, speaking in mantras, and weeping with delirious abandon. Now, friends, this is in 1986 or... 85 or 84 or 83. This is not back in the dark ages. This was in our time. Who were some of the devotees? You would think people who would know better. One of them was Shannon Joe Ryan, daughter of California Congressman Leo Ryan, who was killed at Johnstown, Guyana. Her name became Ma Prem Amrita Pritham. I think Shannon Joe Ryan sounds better myself. Another devotee, Franciois Ruddy, whose former husband helped produce *The Godfather* in Hollywood. Her name became Ma Prem Hasya. She was found wearing diamonds and pearls and said that she always has been a seeker for spiritual truth. Counterfeit religions like fungus thrive in an atmosphere of spiritual deadness all across this land, a phenomenon of our time. Shortly after we moved to Sacramento in the late 70s, A weird scenario unfolded in Jonestown Colony in Guyana. A loudspeaker carried the urging voice of the self-styled Messiah, Jim Jones. Alert! Alert! Everyone to the pavilion. If you love me as much as I love you, we must all die. It is a time to die with dignity. Bring the babies first. By the time it was over, 909 people were dead, and the US military went to pick up the bodies of those people, a grotesque task of body recovery for 909 souls who went after a false messiah. Who was in that crowd? Well, the lady that made the 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 Kool-Aid had been the Sunday school superintendent of the Assemblies of God in Ukiah. And when Jim Jones set up an order in Ukiah, she joined and became a devotee Of this false Messiah. Who was Jim Jones? He started going to church before he reached his teens. He proudly carried his Bible to the house of God regularly. At the age of 14, he preached his first sermon. At the age of 18, he was married. Dropped out of Indiana University and headed for Indianapolis to start his own church. A restlessness drove Jim Jones from denomination to denomination, from location to location. He became a Unitarian, then a Methodist, then an Independent, and finally was ordained in the Disciples of Christ. In Indianapolis one time, he shocked some of his followers by taking his Bible and throwing it to the floor and loudly declaring to the people, too many are looking at this instead of at me. He then visited Father Divine in Philadelphia and later referred to himself as God. Just a couple of weeks ago, I spoke at a breakfast at Glad Tidings Assembly in San Francisco, one and one-half blocks from People's Temple. I looked over there at that building, it's still there, and through my mind ran all of the scenes of the Jim Jones era, the, the unbelievable lies, the incredible orgies, all that we have learned since that scene unfolded from Guyana. And in my heart, a question, how could it be? How could it ever happen in enlightened America? And yet it happened. On the news this week was Charles Manson. He read a prepared text declaring himself as Christ Well, on and on it goes. So it is of necessity that I address this subject before you today and ask you to listen very carefully. Your eternal destiny could depend upon your attentiveness in these next few minutes. And I do not say that to be sensational. I say that because I believe it with all of my heart. Let me first talk to you about spiritual counterfeits, and then I will conclude with how to avoid the counterfeits of false messiahs. First of all, the spiritual counterfeits. Just a few days ago, our church received in an offering Some $5 bills that were reproduced, it appeared, on a very sophisticated copy machine. The bank would not accept them, even though they came from Capital Christian Center. One of them was placed in my hand, and I was shocked, first of all, to find out that somebody would put bogus bills in an offering. Then I thought, well, praise God, they were in church anyway and heard the gospel. May it have had its effect by now. May they bring the real thing in abundance now to help us carry on the work of the kingdom. But I thought about those bogus bills and it dawned on me that there are religious counterfeits as well. What is a counterfeit? Well, I looked that up and I discovered some interesting terms. A counterfeit is something spurious, not genuine or authentic, a sham, a forgery, something feigned with the intent to deceive. Paul warns in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, that evil men and seducers, get that word, seducers, counterfeits shall wax worse and worse, and their endeavor deceiving and being deceived. His admonition to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 was to continue in the truth in which he had been taught, and to hold fast to the word of God. There is no better instruction than I could, that I could give you than what Paul gave to Timothy, Continue in the truth that you have received and hold fast to the word of God. God is pouring out his spirit these days through the world. And we thank God for that. But at the same time, there are more deceivers than at any other time in the history of mankind the greater the outpouring of God, the harder Satan works. In California alone, there are more than 200 registered cults. And I would dare say there are many more unregistered that flourish or at least work in community after community. So we have this paradox. We have churches growing like this church. We see the miracles of God over television and from meetings from place to place. And we see cities being taken by gospel believers. And that's wonderful. And we have a president who claims a born-again experience and loves to talk about the love of God and the grace of God. And it's exciting to see this unfolding in our time. But while it's happening, the devil is is insidiously working underneath to destroy and to devour and to pull away. So the warning is, take heed that no man deceive you. Counterfeit money is detected in many ways. The quality of the paper, when it was put in my hand, I sensed immediately that that was not a normal bill. The color of the ink, in this case, it was just a little bit off as you looked at it carefully. Then the separation of colors and in some cases the accuracy of the pictures or the figures on the face of the bill. Can false messiahs be identified as well? Well, the Bible says in Matthew 7, 16 and 17, by their fruits you shall know them. So there is one clue. When a Jim Jones throws the Bible down and is disturbed because people are looking at that instead of him, you immediately say, hey, that's not the kind of fruit that I want to see. So you have a warning. Jesus went on to say, every good tree bringeth forth what? Good fruit. Doesn't bring forth rotten fruit. It doesn't proclaim orgies and freedom, and all that goes along with false cults and with false messiahs and with the Jim Jones syndrome. 2 Timothy 3, five says, Turn away from men who are lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, without self-control. Why was the former Sunday school superintendent from the Assemblies of God Church in Ukiah duped into sex and into other things by Jim Jones, who said to the ladies in the congregation, this is a spiritual experience. If they had remembered the Word of God, they would have known immediately it was counterfeit, totally untrue, unholy, out of self-control. Well, Peter gets in the act. In his letter to the church, second letter, chapter 2, verse 1, Peter looks around and he sees false prophets and he warns the church of all time in these words. False prophets will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them. Another sign of the counterfeit. They deny the Lord who bought them. Other signs mentioned by Peter included love of money, covetousness, deceptive words. Galatians 5, 20 and 21 gives us further insight into these counterfeits. Listen. The works of deception include adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. And then he added, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So you have 909 people dead in Jonestown. You have Manson in prison because of the murders of at least six people, and God only knows how many more. And what do they say? I am Christ. And Jesus says, when they come saying, look here, there is Christ, or look there, there is Christ. Jesus says, do not be deceived. You come back to the Word of God, and you say, what are the signs of a counterfeit? And you will see immediately the trend, and you will know where you are. Now, how to avoid the counterfeits or false messiahs? First of all, my advice to you would be to know Jesus Christ intimately. Now I did not say know about him, I said know him, and there's a big, big difference. There are people all over that know about him. There are seminary professors that know about him, but don't know him. And they're talking about him, but they don't know him. I had known about Billy Graham for quite a number of years before I had the privilege of shaking his hand. And getting acquainted with him personally. And I want you to know there's a big, big difference in knowing about somebody and knowing them and being in their presence personally. And I liken that to a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can know he was born of a virgin, you can know he lived a sinless life, you could know he died on a cross and was raised from the dead and not know him. Whom to know his life everlasting. Do you have a personal relationship with him? Do you talk to him? Does he talk to you? Do you walk together as friend with friend? That's where to start. When you know Jesus, any other relationship pales into nothingness. There is no other relationship like the relationship you can have with the true Christ. So when you know him and you're walking with him and you're talking with him, who cares about Jim Jones or Charles Manson or anybody else wearing any kind of a robe or any kind of a garb? Jesus is the source of life to us and we don't need anybody else when we have Jesus. So you must know him personally. But there is another thing you need to know and that's his word. You need to know what this book says. So I stand as a pastor today to say to you, get into Bible study. Get into this book. Lest the devourer come and take the seed of the word because it's only on top of the ground and steals it away and you're lost to a deceiver. That's why we have agape groups. That's why we have Sunday school classes. And I do not understand why more people don't take advantage of the opportunity of sitting in Bible studies. We have a Bible school night classes as well as day classes. We print in the bulletin a Bible reading schedule. We give out a devotional guide To get you into the Word of God. And yet, if we were to give a test here today on certain elements of the Scripture that are very elementary, I know there would be hundreds that would flunk because they don't know what the Word of God says. Friends, we've got to know the Word. Get into Bible study with yourself and with a group. And be as faithful as the morning light, and you will be able to ward off the counterfeits, but only if you know him personally and you're into the word of God. There's a third way: stay close to a spirit-filled pastor, the spirit-filled church and the influence of a dynamic congregation. I cannot say that loud enough. Deceit and delusion are big business. Vultures are everywhere. The unification church, the children of God, the Hari Krishnas. I said the hairy Krishnas in the first service and it's probably better. The free spirit ministries, the Rajneeshs, the Jim Joneses, and on and on. We could go. All making a bid for your soul. The Unification Church sends out a videotape to every evangelical minister in America, encouraging them to watch, to read, and to understand from their viewpoint that they are just like we are. We're all climbing the same road. Hey, that is dynamite. It's delusion. It's a lie. It's from the pit. That's why I say again stay close to a spirit filled pastor, a spirit filled church, and a dynamic congregation like this one right here meeting this morning. If you are not a member of the church, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. We join everything else. Why is it that we're reluctant to put our name on the line for the church of the living God and say, I'm going to vote for its officers I'm going to give my money there. I'm going to pray for the leadership. I'm going to give my opinion in business meetings. I'm going to stand by this pastor. I'm going to stand by these people because I believe in what they're doing. They're sticking with the word of God. They're proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. And that's a safety factor that every last one of us that hears this message today needs in these end times lest the counterfeit move in upon us. And they will if you don't get hooked in, you don't get tied in. There are 318 references to the personal return of Jesus Christ in the New Testament alone. Paul said, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. 1 Thessalonians 5.4. In other words, we should be ready for anything that comes along. When the body of Christ, which is the church, no longer contains divine life, when it abandons the living word, when fountains of eternal waters no longer flow from within it, when true signs and wonders have ceased, when liturgy replaces the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it quickly dies and the vultures come from everywhere. Now, let me give you some of my own personal advice. Be skeptical of strangers who invite you to lectures, movies, workshops, retreats, or other events that are not sponsored by this church. I get mail every day. I cannot believe the mail of this thing and that thing that people want people involved in. And if you only knew the background of some of it, you would shake in your boots. I must stand here today and say to you, be skeptical of strangers who invite you to lectures, movies, workshops, retreats, or other events that are not sponsored by the church. That is the ploy, that is the scheme, that is the gimmick of many counterfeits in our society today. That's what got that superintendent hooked long ago. Beware of groups that place a heavy emphasis on devotion to a single leader, demand vows of poverty, and encourage a monastic lifestyle. It's another sign in these times of counterfeits. Beware of groups that place a heavy emphasis on devotion to a single leader. These folk would never have fallen prey to Jim Jones if they'd known that. Who demand vows of poverty and encourage a monastic lifestyle. You see, they demand the poverty on others while they live in luxury and in plenty. Thirdly, be cautious of any group that asks you to fill out a financial statement Or donate your material possessions or warns you not to tell your parents or relatives what you're up to. Another key sign. Be careful. Beware. They're everywhere. Keep it secret. Don't tell anyone. And it's possible that I would be speaking to some in this service today who have been involved in like kind and have not told anyone and are not about to because they're told not to do it. Anything you can't share about your faith and your relationship with Christ isn't worth anything, friend. And it ought to be immediately a signal in your spirit that this is not of God. This is a counterfeit. And I'd better get back to the church where I belong. Fourthly, be leery of any communal living situation. Any. Check out carefully religious groups that meet in offbeat places. That's why I say there are probably many more than we know about and many more than are on paper anywhere. Because the tracked record is offbeat places, communal type living, where everybody's body belongs to another and everybody's possessions belongs to anybody. And they do not have any concern of the true meaning of the New Testament lifestyle. They don't want a message about the cross. They don't want a message about discipleship based on the person, Jesus Christ. They're only interested in their personal gain and their personal pleasure. Another counterfeit. Five, be careful of those who insist on odd dress or garb or those that appeal to the flesh in any way. An immediate sign. When you see them moving around airports and in other places, unusual garb, unusual styles, you immediately can recognize the counterfeit, that they're into this thing, identified with somebody or with something, and they're ministering and appealing to the flesh, only the flesh. It's all of the earth, earthy, and it will pass away with the using. Sixth. Beware of those that become ethereal. That means not of the earth, heavenly. I have a different way of expressing it, spacey. I cannot believe that Jesus Christ was spacey. I don't see him moving around Galilee and Judea kind of in the ozone. He was a man of the earth. He talked about flowers and birds and everything he spoke of had an earthly picture connected with it. He wasn't up here somewhere, in the ethereal, in the heavenly. He talked in a way people could understand And he always pointed people to the Father, to another personality. This is what the Father told me to tell you. He that believes in me will see the Father. And it was the Father that he constantly lifted up in the minds of the people and you will never convince me that children followed Jesus because he was in the ozone, spacey realm. They followed Jesus because he was a happy individual who loved where he was and who he was and who they were. And he loved the earth that God had made and the earth that he had come to redeem. He loved it, and people followed him in mass. Because he was a man who knew how to smile. He was a man who loved life. And they wanted to know what made him so unique. I would steer away from anywhere where they didn't know how to smile, couldn't crack a joke, couldn't have a good time. God be merciful to people like that. I get letters once in a while about my humor. All that makes me do is want to learn more jokes. I refuse to be spacey. I refuse to get caught in some ethereal head trip that leaves out the blessing of Jesus Christ in my life and makes me enjoy the here and now. I'm looking forward to the hereafter, but until it comes, folk, I'm going to live it up to the full, here and now, enjoying Jesus Christ and the pure life that he gives. Paul Harvey wrote, very interesting dialogue. They told us that if we'd relax about sex, take our clothes off and not get all uptight about it, there would be no more sex crimes. So we let it all hang out and the incidence of rape has increased 10% in one year. Maybe we'd better question some of the other advice they gave us. They told us we'd been too tough with criminals, that we should go easy on them, and the rate of violent crime has increased 47% since 1968. They told us that if we'd just be more generous with poor folk, there would be no po- motive for stealing anymore. So we gave everybody a guaranteed income and in robbery, burglary, and auto theft are running 15% ahead of a year ago. They said the churches are old-fashioned, that they must modernize, liberalize, rationalize, and compromise, and those that compromise most are shrinking fastest. It is appearing up to here that they gave us some awfully bad advice. They did. They insisted that our schools must boot God out and rely on enhancing juniors' intelligence. So we graduated a generation of juniors with refined intellects and undisciplined emotions and school-age suicides had soared 92% in two years. They told us alcoholism and drug addiction were sicknesses, not crimes. Now we're gagging, choking, strangling on forbidden fruit. They said formal, informal marriage was enough, so now the odds are five to four, your rapture will be ruptured and two and seven, that the next baby will be born illegitimate. Do you get that? If you're going to be married, it's a rapturous thought, but he says it's going to be ruptured. They say this is the way you start. You find out if you're compatible. You live together, you have sex together, and then they say if it's good, then you go to the altar. That's baloney. Who are these, they, who have been thus misleading us? They are the materialists, and I add, they are the counterfeits of our time who have inserted into the eternal record their own ideas and their own concepts which do not work, never have, and never will. The biggest lie Satan has ever told is this lie. All roads lead to God and are good. That's the biggest one I've ever heard. All roads lead to God and they're good. The reason I can't accept that is a word Jesus said, John 10. You know what it is. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He didn't say I am one of the ways or one of the truths or one of the lives. He said I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. That simplifies it for me. Hallelujah. I can handle that when anybody else comes along, any of they, whoever they are, and says, this is the way, this is the thing that you need, this will enlighten you, this will help you, then all I have to do is open the book, and it says again, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And I know what they are. They're a counterfeit. Now remember what Jesus said in our text false Christs and false prophets will arise. He said it's not something optional. It's going to happen. And they're going to show great signs and wonders. They're going to have power so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, friend, that is the startling announcement that I declare from the Word of God and from the lips of Jesus to this church today. It is not some hearsay, it is from God Himself who says in these days there will be even elect people, God's people, who will be deceived by the counterfeits who have signs and wonders connected with their ministry. Now, how are you going to avoid it? I've told you. Will you heed it? Will you be born again? Will you get into the Word? Will you stick with a spirit-filled pastor and a spirit-filled church and an energized body of people? Will you be leery and beware of these things that I have pointed out to you from my heart today so that you might be spared in this end time the deceiver and one day enter triumphantly into the presence of that living, wonderful Lord who gave his life for you? Satan is the master deceiver. Even when trying to defeat Christ, he quoted Scripture, but his quotations were incomplete. He didn't give it all. He left certain salient points from the passages that he presented, left them out. He does the same today through the Rajneesh's and the Jim Jones and the Charles Manson's, and all of the others. Some are more easily identified than others are. But in the family of God, he gives us the spirit of discernment so that we will know what is right and what is wrong. Now again, if anyone says to you, Look, there is Christ, or there. Do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise. God gave us a rule book, divinely inspired, the best blueprint for an orderly existence. And as we come to it, stand on it, thrive in it, all of these counterfeits will have no chance at their deceiving practices, we will rise above and triumph over the very lie of hell itself. We're living in the day. So I stand to warn you and encourage you in the positive steps that I've endeavored to share. Now, some of you need to come to Jesus this morning. I invite you to do that in these next few seconds. You need to declare Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. Some of you need to be baptized in water. The reason some of you are being pushed around by the devil, you have doubts, you have fears, you have all kinds of problems in your life, you're frustrated, is because you haven't been baptized in water. You need to make a statement, and baptism is a statement to the world and to the devil that you have no more part of that old life. You bury it in that water, and you rise to newness of life. And I challenge you today to get into that baptismal tank and give the devil a kick in the chops because that's what baptism will do. Today, some of you need to move toward the one who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You say, Pastor, you're narrow. Absolutely, and I'm going to stay that way until Jesus comes. He is the only way. And I ask you to move with me to the altar and to the cross where the blood of Jesus can be applied and the Holy Spirit can surround us and preserve us in an evil way an ungodly generation. Bow your heads with me.